This is John Seymour of MSV Podcast fame. You may notice in the episode you're about to hear that I mention everyone will be asking five questions about musicianship for everyone else to answer. As it turns out, there was only enough time for everyone to ask three questions. This is because I am a completely incompetent host, and I failed to do things like ask about my guests' time constraints and maybe try to figure out how long it will take for everyone to answer each question. In spite of this, I hope you enjoy the show with everyone only asking three questions and me showing just how incompetent of a host I really am. Enjoy! Welcome to a, I always say this, but this is actually pretty different because this is, there's no pop culture involved in here. I mean, pop culture might be mentioned every now and again, as it is a musician's podcast. A while ago, there was a like music roundtable talk thing, but it wasn't quite the same thing. It was more like, how'd you get into music and all that stuff? And um, here we just have three people. Who have come up with five questions each. I don't know what the questions are. No, no one here knows what the other people's questions are. So it'll be interesting to answer kind of on the fly without having a lot of time to think about the answers. Um, so on the panel today, we have Will Sepinero. Will, welcome back to the show. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you're happy. That means that I'm doing a good job so far. And... Uh, <laughs> All the way from the other side of the country, we have Siren. Just Siren, like like Madonna or Cher. <laughs> That's her name is Siren. How are you, Siren? I am excellent. And thank you for putting me in the same caliber as Madonna and Cher. I'll, I'll take it. You, you have one thing in common. with Well, actually, two things in common with Madonna and Cher is that you all sing and you all only have one name. <laughs> i'll take it they, they share a lot okay yeah they they share a lot of uh-huh madonna all right <laughs> <laughs> it's it's awkward too because because everyone can see me as per as per my choice but you know the more awkward the better i suppose so i yeah. think i mentioned i don't think i mentioned though i am john seymour all right I'm going to ask my first question last, and I guess I'll let Siren go first with her first question. Siren, lay it on us, and then you choose who answers first, and we'll go, we'll go from there. Okay, awesome. So uh, I'm a primarily a singer. I also play piano, um, and I know that Will is primarily a bassist, and you, John, are a drummer, even though I know you all also play other instruments. But as a singer, I'm always super curious about this. And I can't believe in all my years, I never asked my band members this. So Mm -hmm. as a singer, I I obviously have a lot of singers that I admire, but there's a lot of singers that have no fucking talent 
no skill and still make it to the top. Do you all have people that play your instrument that you see and you're like, how did you get to the top of the charts? And you're not even that good of a drummer, not even that good of a bassist. Do you all have artists like that, that you've ever encountered in your life? Um, I feel like if you asked me that when I was in my twenties, I would have like a laundry list of like specifics and like with complaints and, but like, I feel like now that I'm just older and jaded, um, (laughs) I don't know, or just, you know, just, just more like, I don't know. I've, I've been in the industry for a while. It's, it has its ups and downs. It beats you up. It's unforgiving. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you also have to like give it up for, for the chance of luck of that you need to like, there's a lot of right things that kind of have to accidentally happen for someone to get on that stage. And of course being, you know, super talented and a hard worker, of course, you know, there's a lot of that, but you know, there's also just people with a lot of money and, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure my career would be great if someone just threw me a hundred thousand dollars worth of promotion, but mm-hmm. I I don't know that person right now. If you're out there, you can con- contact <laughs> me, please. It would be it would be worth it. I mean, you know, take him under your wing, have him be famous and 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 rich and all that. Will's Venmo will be linked in the description below. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also just like coffee. So just send me like two bucks. Oh, that's fine too. Good. So are there specific <laughs> bass players that you have seen that aren't that good or that creative yet get to play with the best people, play the biggest stages? Singers, for sure. I could name a fat list, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, I mean, no one really comes to mind. Like everyone that I'm like, oh, who do I know that pl- like plays big stages are all like pro pro musicians that mm-hmm. I do. I know and like are like cool dudes and like mm-hmm. I'm not like. I've been fortunate enough to like meet some of them and they're cool mm-hmm. dudes. I feel mm-hmm. I, like, I also feel like bass players are just generally laid back, cool dudes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I've, I don't find many bass players that are just like full of themselves mm-hmm. in that aspect. I actually agree with that. Me? I feel like that comes with the instrumentation. Like being a bass is literally a grounded thing. So basses tend to, I find their personalities also tend to be grounded, but musician, musician talent wise, I also find like a singer can get away with not having a skillful voice because you could be stylistic. You could look really good and appeal, have marketability, mm-hmm. but I find basses need to be real, usually need to be really musical. So you can't just have a boring one, five, one, five baseline. Most basses are usually pretty talented. So I was curious if there were any that weren't that good, that still, you know, sold out stadiums and stuff. I, I can't think of any, all the bands I know, no. the musicians are phenomenal. I mean, like I've definitely seen like shitty musicians in bars where you know, mm, yeah like you're, for sure. you're, you're yeah you know you're eating at that place and you're like oh there's a band here cool and then they're yeah. just like that you know you just hear you know southern rock and you're just like oh god <laughs> we're we're one step up well i mean mad tea party is kind of one step above that i think so you know definitely you guys pray. are good <laughs> no, no no i don't mean i don't mean as far as talent i mean like as far as we're not just playing shitty dive bars we're playing nice dive bars you know it's 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 like sort of a step up we're getting paid to play to play these bars and that's and that's nice 
Yes. All right. So, John, any drummers that you've ever seen? So, drummers that I've seen, like, live uh, in person, I, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Like, like Will was saying, you know, any who have made it all the way to the top, you would have to have some kind of skill. You'd have to have, you know, like, the, the ability to do it. Um, but what I have noticed a lot, and this is not necessarily about drummers who suck or you know musicians who suck it's about music that sucks as a whole um Mm. what tends to happen at least as far as i can see is that the masses really dictate what is popular and what's successful and the more time that goes by the more or sorry the the just I, 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 what, how do I formulate this sentence? Like decades ago, musicians had to be good, skilled, talented, thoughtful songwriters. And now it's become very bubbly, very poppy, very like simple. It pretty much just has to have like a catchy hook. And, you know, you go all the way up to the top and you're, and you're famous for like two years and then you're no one. So like, mm-hmm. um, I guess. An, an attachment to that answer would be that back in the day, fame lasted. And today, fame doesn't really last unless you actually have something good to give. And uh, yeah, so I have, and I, I've heard drummers who are considered to be good that I know personally that I think, like, no, this guy sucks or that person sucks. And I don't know why this person is considered so good. And I think that the reason that they're considered good is because they hit the drums hard and they like, they had this really intense look in their face when they're playing. And, Mm. you know, so it's just like drummers can fool people. Drummers can fool non-drummers. And I see that that irritates me kind of almost to no Mm -hmm. end, but I I learned to accept it. So Mm -hmm. that may not be a direct answer to your question, but it's a, it's an indirect answer to your question. No, that's great. Drummers can fool non-drummers. That is such a great, um, that's, I think that applies to anything. Like I, I, like I said, I play piano and if you don't play piano, everyone's like, oh my God, you're so dope. And I'm like, no, 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 trust me. Trust me. If a real pianist were seeing right now, they'd see that I'm just doing simple chords and playing everything in the first inversion, like stuff that just past rudimentary, you would know. So I totally get that. So I guess, and I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I, I would say that though, because a drummer's job is basically to to bang on drums, there doesn't have to be like, there's no chords, there's no anything like that. You, at least as a piano player, have to know how to play chords and you have to know how to make them sound like chords. I've seen drummers who like can't keep a beat, can't do mm-hmm. anything. That's literally all you have to do is keep a beat and they can't do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Were you were you saying something? No, no, that's that's great. That that just adds to it. Should are you should I answer now or do you do you have more? Yes, you answer answer your own question. Please. So in so that's super enlightening from both of you, especially both of you happen to be primarily rhythm section. Um I I, I don't and I was I was like, oh no, I don't want to be negative and like talk shit about musicians, right? No, if you made it, it to the top, good for you. Right? But we'll talk all the shit. 
So, I mean, I could talk shit about singers. The thing about us not being heard by anyone. <laughs> so, with, so with drum and bass in particular, I mean, anything really because of all, and I, this is not, this is not instrumentation. I mean, this isn't human beings playing instruments. Like a lot of the biggest pop songs now are super simple. I mean, y'all know this. I mean, even, even back then, even like nineties music, a lot of it is just like, and even today are the same three chords over and over a very, very simple beat, but the hook is catchy. And most people that are not musicians, they don't care. It just sounds good. It moves them. So same Mm -hmm. thing with singers. I mean, hell yeah. I, there's so many singers that I'm like, you can't even sing. I hate when singers use auto tune. If I ever get to that level again, I will never, ever use auto tune. I feel like just like if you're a drummer and you can't keep the beat, then you're not a drummer. That is literally your only job is to keep the beat. The fancy stuff, the style, sure. But if you literally subject, sorry, objectively can't keep the beat, you're not a drummer. So for me, there's so many singers that can't hold a note. They're constantly off key. Then you're not a singer. Just because you have a voice box does not make you a singer. I always use this analogy, like everybody has fists, doesn't make you a fighter. If you're a right. fighter, you can go in a ring and you will do stuff. You understand things. A lot of people think because they can go la la la, they're singers. No, that takes work and skill and knowledge. You don't even need to know formal theory or anything like that. But there's a lot of people that get away with um, singing, especially it depends on the genre too. Like rock, you don't need to be a technical singer. I'm not even saying technical singers always are the only ones that sound good. I love like rough voices and different voices. It doesn't have to be all formal, but um yeah, there's just some singers mm-hmm. that I've seen make it to the top and they don't respect the craft at all. And it makes me angry. I think anyone I who doesn't you. respect their craft is a, you know, like that's the, that's dick. like the worst type of person. Yeah. It's just like, like if you're going to do the thing, do the thing. So I've heard, I've heard singers say that like, and, you know, maybe you wouldn't necessarily agree with this. I don't know what your opinion is on this one, but I've heard singers say anyone can sing. Anyone can sing. Now, I don't know exactly what that means when you say anyone can sing. Like, does that mean that anyone is capable of taking lessons and eventually being able to hold a, a note the proper way or anyone can actually sing and sound good? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think if we make some subjective criteria, like, can you hold, a, can you sing on key? Can you hold a note? And can you be taught to do that? Then yes, sure. You're a singer, but it's the same thing. Like, can I always use fighting as an analogy? I've always done this. Cause like, can you fight? You have fists, you have a, you have feet, you have legs. Can you, can you, can you do this? Then are you automatically a fighter? So I always feel like everybody loves the thought of singing, and they wanted to sing in the shower. And that's awesome. Do that. And yes, everybody can sing just like everybody could dance. But there's a, there's a simultaneous truth that to the people that have worked on those crafts, give them some respect that there is some objective criteria to be determined absolutely. like a real singer, a real dancer. But yeah, absolutely. Everybody should sing and dance to your heart's delight. Sure. I, I And and I'll, I have one other thing and then we'll get to the, we'll get to the next question. Um, so I about maybe two years ago, started getting into singing, vocalizing myself. And it's like what you're saying. It, it, it sounds like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I could just step in and do this. It took me two years to get to. Now, I'm not going to call myself a great singer. I'm also not going to call myself 
a shitty singer. Like I'm somewhere in the middle there, but it took a lot of focus and a lot of practice and a lot of like, holy shit. Like I really kind of don't know what the hell I'm doing. It sounds like I should know what to do. It sounds like it should be instinct, but it's not at all. It's so much work. And, you know, like two years isn't that long of a time, but compared to what I would, what I thought I would be at after two years, I'm nowhere near that. So it is, it's a humbling experience learning mm-hmm. how to sing. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that. But you've done okay. great, John. Like I, w- I met, when I met you a few years ago and then you've, you've improved so much. Like you've definitely worked hard at it and it's amazing to see how far you've come. You. Will. Yes. Your first question, please. Okay. So this first question is actually a question I try to ask as many musicians as I can. And it's what are you currently practicing? Like what's the thing that like when you sit down to to do to to get better, mm-hmm. like what what is what is like or like, you know, what's the puzzle you're trying to do? Like are you trying to like learn so, like a solo or learn lyrics mm. or you know right what are you doing right now that is such a great question like i'm super moved by that um so vocally the thing that i'm working on right now is head voice john was talking about the things that singers need to know and one of the tools that singers have in their toolbox is singing in different registers so there's head voice chest voice and mix and as a rocker i was all about chest voice and trying to do a mix with a belt. But if you know head voice, then you can prevent yourself from like screaming. So I've been doing nothing but like, like a bunch of like super high heady voices. And it's made my pop singing and rock singing so much better, but it's a lot of work to kind of undo all the, all the chest voice that I did for 20 years. So on drums, I'm trying to speed up my right foot because I used to be very reliant on double kick, like the double bass pedal. Uh, And that made it so that I was able to, you know, do really cool, fast stuff. But as of the last couple, two, three, four years, whatever, um, I've really liked the idea of keeping time on the hi-hat. And I still want to be able to do those like on the on the kick and the toms and all that stuff while keeping time with the hi-hat because I have noticed it sounds so much cooler when you have mm-hmm. that going on, mm-hmm. the, the hi-hat thing. Um, so that's, yeah, that's definitely one thing that I'm trying to do. Another thing that I'm trying to, to get better at is sort of like, holly rhythms opening and closing the hi-hat doing the on the uh on the ride symbol because you know it used to be that it would take me a little while to get a polyrhythm down or to get like something super complicated down and then i would have it i'm trying to work on being able to improvise it and get it done faster so that it can fit a mood or like a jam or an improv or right. something. so just add it, it to your vocabulary exactly right and yeah so that's those those are my my two big things on the drums right now okay well uh one thing i actually want to want to continue on that is like so like so how are you working on that how am i working on it yeah Mm -hmm. Hmm. that's the yeah 
That's an interesting question. The, the way that I've always worked on things, whether it's, you know, like drums, guitar, bass, vocals, um, it's always basically keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it until it becomes second nature. Um, so how am I doing this? I play polyrhythms a bunch, just like come up with something stupid in my head, try to replicate it on the drums or listen to something like dream theater or, you know, like some kind of like prog metal rock where, you know, you hear something happening and you know, you're like, okay, let me try to duplicate that. And I go in now knowing that I'm probably going to have trouble with it at first. And knowing that I am going to have trouble with it at first makes it easier to like actually latch onto it because mm. you just bypass the initial frustration when you go in that way. And mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. actually really cool to be able to, to be like, okay, I'm going to be frustrated, expect it. And then you don't dwell on the frustration. Um, I was, was that what you were asking or were you asking like, a yeah, kind of, Oh, no, okay, that yeah. was like, I mean, it was, it was a fair, like, I wasn't really jonesing for anything specific. I was just like, like, what's your process of like going through things and, you know, by even just like keeping it open and leaving you to that, like. Right. Cause kinda, you know, I can give you a, I can give you a technical answer of like trying to match my feet with my hands doing like, I don't know if who would be familiar with this. If you're not a drummer, like a double stroke, triple stroke, rough with the stick or like trying to do that with your foot. And clearly your hands are going to be a lot faster than your feet. So trying to match it uh, with your foot is an interesting challenge, but it's sort of like, you know, you have the same biology more or less with your hands and with your feet. So you just try to match it that way. So that's another, how am I doing it? Okay, cool. Yeah. I always, mm -hmm. I always enjoy that. Um, when like learning pieces and, you know, especially on different instruments sometimes is there is a, there's an, always an intuitive logic to any instrument, right? There's always a thing. Oh, he plays it like this because it, it's just this little pattern or like, it's sure. just, Oh, that's a little thing that everyone does, you know? Mm -hmm. And like when you do, when you play instruments long enough, you start to pick up those like little things that kind of everyone has in their vocabulary. And when yeah. you hear them, you know, you're just like, oh, that's, oh, that's that, that, that little lick, that little, you know, hand, hand, foot, foot, Mike Portnoy thing or whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> My last two months have been kind of crazy of just learning gobs of music and playing it everywhere, uh, which has been cool and stressful. But um, for the most part, uh, now I'm actually gearing up to, uh, record a record with my band Valence. Uh, actually, we're starting pre-production this weekend uh, for that. So I'm going over all the scores and all the takes and uh, writing down any last-minute ideas I have before we uh, we're actually all in the back in the room starting work on awesome. this thing. Hmm. Yeah, I, that I, I like, saw I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I say I saw Valence a couple of times. And, um, you know, that, that was, that was a few years ago that I saw them. So I would like to see them again. I would like to see you and your band again, all super nice guys. 
totally cool people. Instrumental, uh, prog metal. You would, would would you call yourself prog metal? Yes, the, the violently okay. prog metal. Yeah, violently, Ooh, violently prog metal. Prog metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I. I've seen the drummer Chris play, and it is—it's violent. He plays violently. I—I I always think he's gonna like fall backwards off. He's just, a loud like, drummer. So, yes, he's very loud. Yeah. Um, There's. But yeah, I—I I, I want to see what you are up to these days on stage because the last time I saw you was probably about four years ago, and I'd like to—I'd like to see an update now. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff in this new record. There's a speaking of like polyrhythms. There's a. There's one tune. It's a palindrome. The the odd meters. It's really dumb. It's terrible. What is it? A palindrome has time signature. Yes. What so is it's the it? same. It's the same forwards as it is backwards. Right. So it's um. It's so the the me- the meters are as follows. If you'll follow me really quickly, uh, these are all over eight. So it's okay. five seven five. Nine five seven five. That is a palindrome. Yeah, but but there's another layer to that because the subdivisions of the fives and sevens flip as the palindromes, right? So if you have a five, it's usually two plus three or three plus two. So this is one two one two three one two one two one two three one two one two three 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 one two one two three one two one two one two three one two one. Amazing. Okay, prog metal. You know, it's got a beat and you can dance to it. It's something for the kids. <laughs> it has a beat, but you really can't dance to it. Uh, you I mean, can. I could dance can to it. I Just one of your legs it. has to be a little bit shorter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. It's called man. the palindrome dance. It's a palindrome dance. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I, I well, I mean, obviously, when you are done recording that, send it my way, and I I want to hear it and be like, I know what's gonna happen, forward and backwards, the palindrome <laughs> song. Do you call it the palindrome song? Uh, no, it's called Annihilator. No, nice. that's not a palindrome. All it's right. not. No, but it could be if you spell it backwards. On to my question. Everyone here plays multiple instruments. Will you play bass and you play guitar and you've been into drums? Do you sing? I'm asking that actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, 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 at this point, I feel like I could throw a, uh, throw piano in there a little bit, but just be careful when you do that. You're heavy. <laughs> just don't break it. Just don't throw the piano I make no guarantees. There's, there's no room. So anyway, yeah. Um, we all play multiple instruments, Siren. I know you sing and you play piano and uh, you play guitar, Siren. I can I can strum a guitar. <laughs> I'm not a guitar right. player, though. So I guess yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really going to... I mean, hey, if you want to include that, that's cool. Um, my question is, does your main instrument, in quotes, the main instrument, does it help you play your side instruments, not main instruments? And if so, in what way? So, uh, I find, so for a while, there was a point at time where I could play some cool stuff on, on my main instrument and most of the stuff on, on bass. I had some like cool licks I knew on the guitar and, you know, had a functioning knowledge of how it worked. And at a point I could do 
a couple cool tricks on the piano that would put the facade up that I sounded like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> okay. It was really, yeah, I got really just good at playing arpeggios hand over hand. Oh. And you just just do that with the pedal on a bunch of times, and it was like, wah! What else can you do? I was just like, nothing else. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Literally nothing else that I can do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can fake my way through. Yeah. But anyway, so mm. at a certain point, uh, especially teaching, as a lot of times I did have to juggle guitar, <laughs> a guitar lesson, then a bass lesson, then a guitar lesson, then a piano lesson. then, And I had to like juggle all these things kind of one after the other as as that industry does. I found like the more I would work on like piano things that made sense on piano, I would start transferring them over to the bass and they kind of made no sense on the bass, which I loved because it got me to kind of move my fingers and get, get around the bass in a really different way. Uh, specifically the, the Hatton exercises. Um, I was doing those on the piano. Those really got me to really find my way through a piano. Um, and then I started doing them on bass, and I still do them as warm-ups, uh, at least the first two. Uh, they're super fun. Uh, and I started doing them on guitar as well. And then I started noticing, oh, I started noticing I was playing more from my head instead of going, I am doing this cool lick on the piano, and then I'm doing this other cool lick on the piano, because those are the things I know. It was more of, there was less of what I, I tend to refer to as a filter, so it was more of the idea in my head was closer to what was actually happening than you like translating it. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, more than like playing a series of like kind of equivalent to like shouting just a bunch of words you know in another language that kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, that guy maybe is you know maybe speaks the language, but is obviously kind of crazy. Don't to like to actually. To actually stringing out the like thoughts in my head and not just like, I know these sentences kind of well and I can kind of get around versus what we're doing actually right now is just the ideas are coming out of our faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can, even if you aren't quite sure what you want to play, you can play it because you know the, quote, language. Yeah, Other, is, yeah, you know. is... Yeah, you have them. You have whatever notes you know you want to play, and you play them. One of, one of my favorite quotes is from Joe Satriani, and he just uh, talks about teaching and playing the guitar, and he just goes, "Yeah, just play the notes you want." <laughs> and I think I that's the most amazing, grossly oversimplification, but totally on point mm-hmm. quote about just music. Yeah, just because at the end of the day, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just play the notes you yeah. want. You that's both like <laughs> that's deeply validating from a theoretical standpoint, but also artistic. Yeah. That statement, right? It's like no exactly. shit. Then you play what you want, but also you, just be an artist and play what right. you want. And and if do you want to play the note on the page? Then play the note on the page. If you want to go out from the note on the page, do that. That's mm-hmm. the, do the just do the thing you want. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to the notes she, she's not playing. I can do that at home. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a little little Simpsons reference there for you. So, Siren, what do you have What's to say about this? 
Oh my God. I love that question so much. I love this panel so much. Oh, how does you, how does your main instrument affect how you play other instruments? So I don't know if this is insulting to y'all, but I've heard this and I, and I live by it. I, I heard once I forget, I think it was my, when I was trying to learn guitar, they said you, what you're really trying to do with every instrument is make it sing. Now, obviously that doesn't mean the human voice thing, but I, I remember hearing that and that definitely translates to how I play piano. Like I mostly just play accompaniment for myself and then I sing. But lately I've been trying to level up my piano playing. I'm going back to theory and reading sheet music and things like that. And then when I freestyle, I'm really trying, and I just started learning more blues and jazz scales. I'm really trying to make it sing, like do a, uh, do a, tr- uh, a, tr- uh, um, what's the, what's that shit called that we do? Like a do a vibrato or a tremolo that I would as a vocalist when I'm singing. And one way that I'm trying to help myself learn to improvise on piano is I play like a song that I know. And then I'll just do my best to do the melody, but you don't play it like that. You do it like you would sing it like them, but it, it allows me to flow better and improv. And then conversely, um, one piano teacher that I had also played guitar and he saw like my style of playing and he said, play piano like guitar and like, think of it like you're strumming. And now sometimes I have modes where I'm playing piano, almost like a harp. And just kind of like putting fat ass chords and just kind of arpeggiating them and then letting it, letting it just be really full and big. So absolutely like what Will said, the, what you, what is instinctive about an instrument is like inherent to that instrument, but you can absolutely take little presence from that and apply it to other instrumentation and get new sounds and new ways of playing it. And I really love that. Cool. Yeah. You know, and that's why I love, that's why, you know, I remember when I came up with this idea. Originally, it was supposed to be me, you, and Lara, Siren. Um, and, you know, and I, I came up with the idea. I was like, how about we all come up with five questions each and we do this? And, of course, things get shifted around and other people join and other people drop out. Um, but the reason that I came up with that that concept, that idea, was because I love hearing what other people have to say. Like, uh, I can come up, I came up with five questions and whatever answers that I would have will sound completely different coming from different people. And I mm-hmm. love hearing it from, you know, like, you know, you're a singer, you're a bassist. Even if we were all drummers, we could like have completely different uh, answers to these questions. And I'm loving how this is unfolding. I'm just, I just want to state that before, um, before I go on to my answer. Oh, yeah. Um, the lovely thing about music, I just want to interject. The lovely thing about music is everyone's had a different path here to where right, they are. Yeah. Like everyone's journey is every, like, no matter if you went to music school, if you didn't, like, everyone's kind of arrived at this, po- at the point they are at from like a totally different starting point. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So I started off as a guitar player and I moved to drums pretty quickly after that. Um, so those are kind of like the two big ones that I play. And I picked up bass somewhere along the way. When I write on guitar, it's really cool for me because I can hear exactly what I want. It's a different process from writing as an entire band where like someone comes up with a guitar riff. I'll come up with the drums. Someone comes up with bass. Someone comes up with 
you know, vocals. When I write something on guitar, I know exactly what it is that I want on the drums or like I can kind of think of an idea while I'm playing because I have this path. And as Will said, there's a different path for everyone. And that's true. Even if everyone is in the same band, in the same room, everyone is thinking about things differently. It's like completely chaotic. If you could actually see everyone's thought, thought process in the same room at the same time, it would probably look like a disaster. It would probably look insane. Um, Mm. And that's why um, when I write something, I hear it. I hear it as at least as a drum, like a guitar and drum composition. It's weird because I'll come up with a lot of cool, interesting drum stuff. But as far as coming up with something on guitar after I've written something on the drums, I'm not so great with that but I can write something on the guitar and come up with something on the drums to accompany it because I am a drummer. And it seems to make sense that that would be the, uh, the proper path. I am definitely not a composer who like puts together nine different instruments doing nine different things. I am, I don't have that white under my belt, but um, being able to just kind of, Put like like hearing what someone and and you know like it, it's it's hard for me to actually put these into sentences because there's so many thoughts even just going on in my own mind. Um, so there's that one thing. Another thing that's cool is that when I'm playing drums in a band, I can see what's going on in the guitar. I can see what's going on in the bass. Mm-hmm. On the vocals, it's you know I still don't quite have it there, but. Um, it's cool because I can see if someone needs to be doing something different on the guitar or if someone's doing something that I'm like, maybe some people wouldn't notice. And I think like, wow, that's really cool. That's brilliant. I never would have thought of that. And I love that. I love being able to play multi, a, a multitude of instruments for that reason. And, you know, like being able to come up with like, hey, maybe you should do this while I'm doing this, whereas if I only played drums and didn't know how to play anything else, I wouldn't know how to give suggestions in, in the band room. So yeah, that's, that's my thing for for that one. Knowing how to Mm -hmm. speak, knowing how to speak to other instruments, I think is also, is a really important thing. And I think definitely, (laughs) I mean, if you want to take that route. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, I'm sorry you were, uh, but yeah, play like having experience playing them, like you, it makes it easier to be like, actually, just move, you know, just move your hand mm-hmm. that way, or just you know, <laughs> go ahead and talk. Even just some, hands. Just, <laughs> or you could just say, could you just like be better? And that's it. Like, we'll get what you not mean. Suck. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So that's that for my question. Siren, <laughs> your next question then. Um, okay, this is going to be a funny one. Um, worst thing that's ever happened to you on stage? Probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me on stage was when I was playing in a Motorhead tribute band. And <laughs> it was just like kind of everything that could go wrong for me 
did go wrong. I remember I was in the middle of my the third song, whatever song it was, my snare head broke and I didn't have a spare. Right? And in the middle of that song, I this was back when I was playing with uh, two bass drums. In the middle of that song, the right side, which uh, was holding a couple of the toms, just, I don't know what happened to the peg that was holding it up. It gave and the entire right side of my drum set just collapsed down to the right. <laughs> so, Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I survived. I basically switched over to the left kick pedal for the rest of that song, played with the broken snare drum, only had one tom at that, at that point. But hey, you know what? I did it and I played the rest of the song. And uh, that was that, that's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, whatever disaster happens, you need to be able to recover. You can't stop in the middle of a song. You have to keep going. Like everything short of like being shot in the face, you have to keep going. And, and I did. And, you know, I was very humbled when I got recognition for it after the show, people were like, that was really cool. <laughs> you just like, <laughs> so yeah. So that was the, probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me on stage. Off the top of my head. I can't think of anything that cool, but um, a story I actually, I do share with my students a lot is uh, so uh, again, my band valence prog metal, uh, you know, Chris is quite loud. Uh, so we were playing this smaller club in, in New York. I, I won't, I won't name it cause I do actually like the club. Um, okay. and, uh, we got booked there and it's kind of, it's kind of a small venue and they don't, that I know of usually book metal acts, but they booked us and I was like, okay, cool. They, they listened to us. They want us to be there. Uh, and we were setting up and you know, all, all the usual fare and the sound guy's like, oh, you guys, you know, try to keep it down. You know, it is. This, okay, cool. You know, you know, the sound guy's like, all right, cool. You know, we're, we're playing the show. This is earlier on in my tenure in Valence. So I joined that band that was already established. So I was still learning and working on their material. So a lot of the set was very new to me. And, you know, they're eight, 12 minute prog metal shred fests that I, uh, excuse me, have memorized, as you do. Quite well. So, quite skillfully, I might add. Oh, thank you. I, I practice a lot. Um, but uh, anyway, so, I, I, so we're, we're doing a tune. It's like the third movement of a piece, and uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. And apparently the club owner, who's this older woman, comes up to me. I don't know why me. I don't know why not the other guitar players or the sound guy. And she's just like, and I'm it like in my neck, like trying to, like looking at my fingers, trying to remember that this crazy diminished run that, oh, it's 16th notes and triple, whatever it is. And I'm like trying to hang on onto this thing. And we're playing it too fast, probably at that point. Um, and she's just like, she's yelling at me. You have to turn this play. You have to turn it down. You have to turn. And I'm like, you can't. I, and, and. At that point, me talking and playing that stuff was really difficult. So I'm just like, sorry, I, so, 
I can't. Give me five minutes. Like, while trying to, like, play these, like, runs and hit all these effects and whatever. And, like, so I, like, I was, like, going by my amp and, like, pretending to turn stuff down, being, like, trying to just buy time until the end of the piece. And I'm just like, this is terrible, this is terrible, I hate this. Why is she still yelling at me? Like, we're not going to just stop playing. I hate this. Yeah. Yeah, it was really stressful. And, yeah, like, you know, she was just like, you guys are too loud. And I'm like, you booked us. We're a metal band. I, I remember I remember you telling me that story. This is, <laughs> this is, it's funny funny enough, this is not the first time I've heard this story. And it's it's just as funny the second time. Or however many times you've told me the story. I've I've told I, I think I've I've told this story to almost every one of my students because just because I'm just like, see, you never know what's gonna happen on stage. You gotta know your music really well so that when the you know, the owner of the club is screaming at you. You can talk yeah. to her like in a civil manner while <laughs> shredding your butt off. Holy shit. <laughs> that sounds painful. <laughs> it was. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did that end? Did she apologize for like no. oh, come on, not no. understanding? No, we no, like we we turned down and tried to finish our set. A quiet metal set. <laughs> I mean I yeah. You know, the sound guy was cool. That's cool. She was not. Not. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Worst thing that happened to me on stage was just a, kind of a triple event. I was in, uh, what kind of metal were we? What's the other word for a shoegazer metal? There's another one. I've never it's heard of shoegazer. She is, it's literally like super slow sludge. I think a sludge. Doom. Thing Doom. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. Okay. Yes. What are you, a bass player or something? Yes. It was a doom metal band. We played a lot of rough hole in the wall venues in New York. And what it was one of the nights, it was just one of a, sh- a shitty night and the crowd was super rowdy. And. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like grabbed one of the, it's like a triple thing that happened. Somebody grabbed the mic, like a, a mic I wasn't using and was like swinging it and it hit me in the face. And I think one of my other band members and then somebody in the crowd spit a loogie up and like, guess who it freaking lands on is me. Oh, so disgusting. That's the worst. You win. And, and I didn't even really know it. And, and, and then what, and then, but I think they were also messing with my band members too. Like it's just a super rough crowd. Like the stage was only a foot tall at the most. So, and I'm short. So I'm, everyone's literally like, I'm just in these people's chests, just being super rowdy, trying to do a mosh pit in a super tiny space. And then eventually somebody farted the worst fart you could ever imagine where I'm trying to sing. I can't even breathe. That's how bad it is. And then, but I'm trying to be a good sport. Continuing <laughs> to go. But my band members are like, fuck this shit. Cause I didn't, I didn't even realize they were getting as mad as I was. Cause you know, it's, it's metal. It's all, it's all surrounding. And then they're like, fuck this shit. And they like shove somebody. And then they all started unplugging and I'm like, still not understanding what's going on. I'm like feeling so disgusting. I, there's smells and liquids that I don't want on me. 
And then I saw pictures from that night, just as a just to just to close it all off. And apparently, the mm-hmm. I had like a mus- uh, lipstick mustache. I look like Joker, and nobody's told oh, me. I don't God. know, which isn't that bad if you think about the genre we were in. It might have just looked like I meant to do that, but it just like my yeah. hair was all everything gross. Everything else that was happening to you that was yeah. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, that so was, was the it... worst show. So was it trash bar? I don't remember. I don't remember. It might have. It might have been. It really speaking, might have been. We did play there. Speaking of small um, New York City venues, uh, I did play a show at Fontana's where the toilet overflowed. Mm. Nice. Not in a not in a terribly gross way. There's just okay. a lot of water. There's levels to how gross it can be. The, yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just more of a flooding thing. Yeah, but it was definitely <laughs> from the toilet. Right. Right. Oh my god. Which happened when, more uh, than once. Yeah, back when Blackthorn 51 was still around in Queens. Uh, I, I mean, they shut down. I don't know. I, I don't think that this is the reason that they shut down. But I remember one time I went to the bathroom and like the door for the toilet only had the top half. For some reason, there's no bottom <laughs> half. So... That's the part I you need. In. That's the part that you need. But I went in and I just see this giant, big, fat, bald dude just taking a shit. And I'm like, he's like, got the door closed. What? But at least you can't see his face. <laughs> at least you can't see his. Well, I think I, I don't. I don't remember. I might be adding details in my memory, but I mean, <laughs> the like, image is burned into your memory. Give me a bottom half of this door. I don't even care about the top half. So, what out of anything? What would you really like to be working on right now? Mm. Hmm. Right, like uh, sorry, out of any any project, any like you know thing. What would you like to be working on right now? So what? Would I like to be working on right now out of anything? That is a that's an. I mean, like uh, I'll I'll maybe even I'll I'll corral it a little bit to like plausible. Right, right. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like, uh, you know, I'd play drums for Zeppelin. Gonna go join the circus and like you know walk the tightrope. That's that's not my dream. But I would like to write and record like something of a prog metal album. I am not the most brilliant prog metal songwriter in the world, but I have ideas that I would like to be put on to an album so that I can say, Hey, listen to what I did to, to, you know, this, this song. And, you know, I have cool ideas that, most people think are ridiculous guitar riffs and don't want to work on them with me. And, you know, so I, I'll use your word conceivable, even though I've tried to get it done and haven't really been able to, but I would like to take those guitar riffs and I would like to, you know, write drums and have someone come in and play bass and sing on those songs and not complain that they're too complicated or what has been referred to as drummer riffs, because 
I'm a drummer. So any riff that I write is going to be a drummer riff. <laughs> so I, if yes, there I were like, only a bass player and a singer within earshot of this conversation. If only one of them didn't live 3,000 miles away, that would be so great. All right. As as long as she's got a microphone and logic. I I did recording for a friend of mine. He's out in LA right now. He just emailed me the project. Nice. I know you guys sent it to me. I have Ableton. I have Logic. I have a mic. We have we have something to discuss then after the show. There might be a follow up. It's it's here waiting. (laughs) All right. So that's that's my answer. Okay, that's all. Just I'm going to say that every time. I love these questions so much. Um, this is plausible for me because I did write and produce a musical. And I, in my musical in the past, five years ago, I mixed a bunch of different genres, rock, opera, pop, folk, whatever. And it's been my dream. I love all genres. I really do. I know everybody says that, but I truly do. But I'm a rocker chick at heart and i would love 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 to work on a rock like a true rock musical not like what green day did not what hamilton says they're doing but like a real rock musical and incorporate dance dance i'm also i also love dance i want to i want to really show how rock moves the body to like the highest caliber and that's my dream and i'm I'm actually going to the Philippines next week to work on that for two months. So I will That's, be working okay. on that. That's awesome. <laughs> you'll, be even, you'll be even more than 3,000 miles away. Yeah, I'll be 15,000 miles away. <laughs> so that's cool, though. That's the thing you'd like to be working on right now. You'll be working on soon. Yeah, yeah. Next week, I made the commitment a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. That's awesome. That's excellent. It won't be done in the two months that I'll be there. but Oh, absolutely I not. Yeah. I'll get it going. That's always, like, the worst thing about working on any project is, like, I've spent the last four years putting this together, and it's just, like, and it's there, and it's gone. And everyone's like, that was cool. Right. What else you got? Right. You're like, you have no idea. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I guess I have to answer my own question. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean... Of course, I do want to be working on the Valence record, and I am working on the Valence record, and it's great. And I'm super stoked that we're finally doing this. And even though we're just recording it this month, and then it's going to be several months before it's, you know, released in phases or whatever (laughs) we decide. So Um, what you want to do is what you are doing. Well, yeah. So like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to use that though. Because I don't want to be uh, like, hey, the thing I want to do is the thing I'm doing. I'm great. My life's awesome. My life's pretty good. Um, but I will say, um, so I have had basically a, a solo electric bass record written for like, I don't know, like 15 years or something. Pretty much. I have it all mapped out. I have everything read, written, arranged. I just have to practice it and actually just record the darn thing. And that's <laughs> what I would so like to be doing. I, I am because it's just like what it's always that thing that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's going to be this year. I'm going to have a good time. And it's going to be like, actually, maybe if I do it in six months, it'll be a lot easier. But then I got this thing. So, all right, you know, and then, you know, obviously there was like, oh, well, then COVID. So that like pushed everything back two years. So, 
I see. So yeah, that I guess that would be a thing I would like to be working on. Um, but of course, there are many things to be done before that. Lots of things, and you're gonna yeah, have like your record, ideas. John. Yes. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I've been bumped up before your thing. But <laughs> yeah, everyone... my thing's not. Okay. Don't forget my so record, Will. You got eight million ideas, and you never have enough time to do everything that you want to do. Unfortunately, that's that is the. I mean, you know, to say it's the life of a musician, it's it's the life of anyone. But it's like it's the life. Yes, it's the life. This next question is, uh, what would you say is, I guess, a requirement or what's involved for a musician to influence you? So when you say, like, what are, who are your influences? And, you know, I'd say, like, oh, Mike Portnoy, uh, whoever, Ringo Starr, <clears throat> like, you know, just the... You know, Danny Carey, the big, the big drummer people, whoever your influences are, what makes them your influence? Because I don't think that you want to copy them as musicians, but how do they influence you? Like what, what, what makes that fall into place for you? Um, so, well, for me, like <laughs> at, at, at face value, I find anyone that, that I, guess considered influenced me would be anyone I've I've listened to a lot and usually have tried or attempted to play whatever you know their stuff whatever whatever it be um so there's that so that's how I, I think I would like you know define how someone influenced me um, and, but like the other side, I feel like the other side of your question was like, what is, what does it take for something to influence me? Is that kind of, yeah, I, I wasn't like, I, I know what the question is in my mind. I wasn't quite sure how to word it sort of mm-hmm. like, because you're not, as I said, you're not trying to copy them, but there is something about them that appeals to you that maybe will come through in your playing or, style or whatever you know I, I i i'm not sure if it's uh a very easily answerable question is it like criteria for what makes them considered influential for you like specifics like that i, I that's, think that's what that, i'm interpreting i used i use the word required but i don't think that's quite right i would say like musicians who influence you how is it that they influence you? Like what, in, what kind of influence do they have on your instrument or your performing or whatever, you know? Okay. Mm. So for, I think for me then, I guess it's, it's, I, I latch on to ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like for instance, like a certain type of phrasing or like a certain turn of the note, like a certain like way of approaching a tone you know, like I definitely find myself latching onto stuff like that and definitely have built some vocabulary on the backs of a lot of other players to incorporate into my own. Um, right. Yeah. So like, um, I think one of the first people that comes to mind for myself is actually Dave Fuzinski, 
from the screaming headless torsos, which you guys don't know. That's cool, but they're awesome, and you should listen to them. But anyway, he does a lot. He plays fretless guitar. He does like a lot of microtonal stuff, and mm-hmm. he has a lot of like you know using Middle Eastern macams and stuff like that. And the way he phrases stuff, I, I when I first heard it, I thought it was the coolest thing, and probably have been working on that since like for like a long time and just like always coming back to it and always like going like oh he's doing this and like you know kind of going back and deciphering what he's doing um yeah and then just adding it to my own playing because i like it i think it sounds good it's because i like it cool I um I'm sorry to be a, a broken record, but I love these questions. <laughs> um, I can't answer it without getting spiritual because obviously when I love these artists, I love them to such a deep level. But it would be a combination for those that influenced me and have influenced me. It's it's a comp- combination of the epitome of sheer skill. And then, so then the spiritual part is that they're coming from some place that is irreproduc- irreproducible and true and so true to who they are that it's innovative. No one, no one will ever do that again. And no one will ever sound like that again. And I'm, and I'm mostly talking about singers. Just that's, that's what I've always been drawn to. Like, like Nina Simone, like Prince, like Freddie Mercury, um, like Gwen Stefani, like, they're they when they they their voice and what they did came at a time that was revolutionary and unprecedented and changed something either moved the singing game up or did something politically or culturally um, advancing and those are the ones that I admire and if you and then my my one of my litmus tests for that is if anyone ever tries to sing what they sing it's just you just you can't do it no one will ever be able to do it though even if it's the best singer in the world um they can't and and to just further my point like there's people that are amazing singers super technical beautiful voices everything but you're just bored you're just bored oh, sure, when they sure. open their mouth and there's just some people like Nina Simone probably like is taking a poop and she can just say anything and it'll just sound amazing. Like just something about her voice. Right. <laughs> her voice when she poops. Makes her voice so much better. <laughs> I just took the deepest thing and made it like super fart jokes, but I <laughs> made a poop. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so for me, it would look pretty bad or sound pretty bad if I came up with this question and I didn't know how to answer it. But to me, the question was just such an interesting one in my mind. I didn't even necessarily have an answer when I was writing the question. I kind of formulated it a little bit later because, uh, you know, that's just, that's the way that, that things come together sometimes. Um, <clears throat> when, a musician influences me. Now, it doesn't like if if it's a musician that I that I like, that doesn't necessarily mean that they influence my playing. I'm like, okay, it's cool. You you sound cool, you sound good. <clears throat> I don't necessarily want to incorporate that style or like any of your main ideas into my playing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, like, so now just say, I keep bringing up Mike Portnoy, Danny Carey, Nico McBrain, just like these drummers, they have a certain feel to them. They use ideas that are great, but I will make the comparison between Mike Portnoy and Mike Mangini, who like technically are very similar drummers. Mike Mangini doesn't influence me at all. He's a fabulous drummer. He's great at what he does. I don't want, I I have no desire to kind of like take his ideas and incorporate them into my playing. Now, Mike Portnoy, because of his feel, because he's so like, he has this like attitude to his playing. Oh, totally. Perhaps, yes, perhaps it's the attitude that really gets me because mm. he he plays prog metal, but he plays it in like a super swingy kind of way, and he sounds like he's he sounds like he's your buddy just by listening to him playing the drums, which is like remarkable to me. The way that he like he. Uh, goes through all these like when he plays his fills he goes and like it's just like dude you sound like such a cool dude just by listening to you and i i love when you can tell people's personalities from their playing exactly mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. you know you got you got danny carey now danny carey it's it's different because Mike Portnoy's personality very much matches his playing danny carey is like a total dork but he sounds like he's like an angry monster when he plays. Mm-hmm. I love, <laughs> I love that feel. I love the feel. Now it, you know, like regardless of how he is as a person, I love that feel of just like you had this anger and it, you know, as a drummer, obviously everything you do has to fit right. So <laughs> you have this anger that fits in these really odd, you know, holes and like shapes and whatnot and it that's really cool to me too so i guess what i'm saying is for the most part the influence is in the personality and the feel and not even so much in the you know in the technical aspect of it so yeah that Mm -hmm. would be my answer to the question all right we've delineated both of you have mentioned in different ways about how difficult being a musician is and like our whole art, we have, we all have a history. Um, what I want to compare what you thought being a musician would be when you first started, whatever this is, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and how you look at being a musician now, all the way from, did you dream about a certain thing back then? That's different now. And yeah, things like that. How do you compare the two? Oh, well, I mean, I'm less naive now. That's certainly a thing. But so like when I, it's interesting, I, I kind of did, I, I always say I did music a little bit backwards. So by the time I got really like conscious of music and into like, oh, music is a thing that I should like, and I should like my own music. Um, my brother had always already like kind of started playing guitar and my cousin had introduced him to like, you know, the guitar player, you know, God, um, idea. And like, just, he was just like, okay, cool. Listen to Joe Satriani, listen to Steve Vai, Eric Johnson, Al Di Miola. 
um, you know, John McLaughlin. So by the time, like, I was like looking up to my cool older brother to be like, what's he, what's he doing? Cause that's kind of how I feel like the life of a younger sibling goes is, oh, my brother did it. So now it's my turn. Right. So like I would listen to like Joe Satriani and Steve I and like Mahavishnu Orchestra and like all this kind of like really esoteric out there, very specific stuff, like in my formative years. And then kind of only later came back to like, oh, you know, that those those pop records, those Beatles sure certainly could write some songs, couldn't they? Those Beatles, yes. You know, those four or five, you know. Englishman or whatever. The, the four or five? Yeah, you know, Billy Preston. The, 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 the fab four or five. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, so when I, when I was so, yeah, looping all this back, when I was growing up, like, the thing I wanted to do was be the, the amazing virtuoso bass player and be, be like the call, like, be a studio musician and be the call guy to be like, you know, Hey, Will, we got, you know, we got this R&B artist. Can you come in tomorrow and, and record bass? And be like, you got it. And be like, hey, we got this, you know, you know, this rock outfit. They want you to play. Okay, cool. I'll be there on Sun, you know. And like, that's what I wanted to do. And then, but as time happened, that just became not a thing. Actually, even probably when I was thinking about it, like that was still less and less a thing. And, you know, now everything, now everything's, you know, recorded in people's bedrooms, garages, and and all yeah. that stuff. And actually, I actually, I think I have a total advantage as being a bass player and having, you know, all I really kind of need is a DI box and an interface. And that's that's what I usually that's what I plugged into at like these really high end studios. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's just yeah, just a one of these JDIs that I have wow. that I bought for like two hundred bucks or whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it's like. So that was, that was like my goal. And then I guess slowly as I, like I, you know, played in bands and did this, I just sort of, I was like, all right, so there's like no money here. Cool. I need to. (laughs) Holy hell. Um, but you know, like, you know, and like I, I love teaching. I really, really do. And I, I do think like if, you know, there's always that like, oh, if you had, a billion dollars or like, you know, you were set for life. I do think I would still teach. I do think mm. I would. I would definitely not teach as much as I do and definitely not teach certain students because, you know, practice. It's all you got to do anyway. Um, and when students don't practice, it's frustrating and insulting. It's frustrating for everyone. It's just, yeah. just do the thing and you're going to get good and then we're going to have fun. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what you yeah. say. Do the thing. Just do, do the thing. I, I think I have literally said that exact quote to a student or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of just, just if you just do it, you get good, and yeah. we don't have to do the same lesson every week because you yeah. didn't practice because you're not getting better because you're not working. Yeah, there's no secret. Just will. do the thing. Yeah. Will and I uh, were roommates for a brief period of time for about That's one true. year. Uh, and he would have his bass lessons in the apartment. And, you know, I would just kind of hang out in my room while he was doing his lesson in the living room. And some of the students were, you know, they were good, but there were like one or two where I was like, wow, this guy 
clearly has no clue what he's doing or like, you know, and, and you know, and it, it, it would, it would get to the point where like, in my mind, I'm like, dude, fucking, I can do what he's saying right now. Like, what is the matter with you? And, and like, I'm just like in my mind. And then what was funny is that, you know, the, that there was one particular student I remember after he left and I came out of my room and you were like, that guy is so frustrating as a student. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I could tell, like, I could tell just like you, you keep it together. You, your, your composure was, was great, but I'm a I'm consummate like, professional. Yes. I'm like, I'm just like chilling. I'm like, I'm getting frustrated and I'm not even giving this lesson here. Uh, but yeah, you do have to do the thing. Otherwise you can't do the other thing. Yep. Right. Yes. Um, I will give you a short answer and a longer ish answer. So when I first started becoming a musician, I had the whole, like, I'm going to play guitar because I started, you know, I played guitar. I picked it up in 93, almost 30 years ago. And when I first started playing, I was like, I'm going to be the best ever. And I'm going to be rich and famous because I'm going to be a guitar player. And I was just like this shitty, awful guitar player. Uh, And then I picked up the drums the next year. And I was like, I'm going to be the best drummer in the world. And I'm going to be rich and famous playing the drums. And I was a shitty, awful drummer. Uh, Now we're going to skip ahead to now. And I'm like, I'm much better at the craft, much more disciplined. And I don't really have any desire to be rich and famous. Uh, You know, not to say that given the opportunity, I would say, no, I'm not going to do it. But it's kind of like not really on my agenda anymore. I want to be able to play like good shows. I want to do stuff. But uh, given the people that I've talked to on Facebook in the, the drummer Facebook, Facebook drummer group who just really get on you for not playing the song exactly as it is on the album. I'm like, this just sounds like a horrible culture. It just sounds like these are the people who just, they will not respect you and they will actively disrespect you if you don't play everything exactly as it appears in the album. And I want to like give my own spin on things. I want to do, I want to get creative. I want to do what I think sounds cool because if you want to hear the album version, guess what? You can listen to the album version. That's not why I'm here. So that's my short answer. The longer answer is more along the lines of when I started I was, you know, like bright eyed and bushy tailed. I was probably in fifth and sixth grade. I was probably one of those annoying students that didn't practice as much as I should have. Uh, But then again, I was also like nine, 10 years old and, you know, nine, 10 years old, just want to have fun. There are, there are the select few who actually take it very seriously and, and progress very quickly um, you know, I, I thought I was a lot better than I actually was. And, you know, like I, I, I would learn how to play, for example, 
the guitar intro to Metallica's one. And I'm like, look how good I am. I'm playing Metallica. Um, it took a lot of years, probably like 10, 15 years to realize that just being able to do that doesn't make you a good guitar player or a good drummer. For example, playing the Smells Like Teen Spirit beat, playing uh, just really simple stuff. You have to develop feel. You have to develop, you know, good stuff. <laughs> I think that's a sentence. And, um, <laughs> you know, I started to realize, you know, it was actually a really cool thing that I realized as I got much older than I was when I first started playing. And that was that if I put my effort into it, I can sound really good and I can progress. I, the, the, the idea of not being where I want to be was actually like cool to me. Cause I was like, right now I'm not, but I can be. I don't want it to just land in my lap because that means I'm not doing something. That means that I'm skipping a step and I'm probably not as good as, as I think I am. So once that actually hit me and I started going forth and putting my efforts into it and going more and more into the technical as well as the, um, the, the, the feel aspect, whatever the, you know, that aspect then i started noticing that i was growing a lot a lot more and actually a lot faster and um so yeah now the idea of being able to pick something up and you know woodshed the hell out of it and get better is really cool whereas a long time ago, it was not at all appealing to me. I just wanted everything to happen right then and there. Mine is mine is similar, and I can I can keep it fairly quick. Um, I totally wanted to be a rock star when I first started. I totally thought it's possible, and I was in love with Amy Lee of Evanescence and Gwen Stefani, and just wanted to you know be on a world tour. And I thought it would just I'll just play like a bunch of shows for two years, and then somebody just like every movie is gonna walk into the little bar <laughs> we're playing and be like, I'm gonna make you a star, and you're gonna make it. And that's totally how it happens for all of us, right? It didn't did not happen to you guys. Oh, okay, cool. uh, twice for me, yeah. actually. Oh, twice. Cool, cool. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tell me that bar. Um, <laughs> But of course you learn and you get jaded and there's like jaded. And then last night, even I, I totally went through that phase where I was jaded. And I, I'm happy to say that I'm in a different space now where, but, but I totally validate the jadedness. I mean, there's uh, that, that part will always be in my heart. Maybe probably a dark part to be honest. But um, I remember when I got into theater uh, f- a few years ago and I was before that I was like fuck theater that's hella boring and <laughs> lo-, lo and behold it ends up being my major and I ended up becoming a theater producer <laughs> and I, re- I had a moment where and I wrote all the songs I played piano for my cast and everything and then I had a moment where we, we were in rehearsal and they were all on stage singing my stuff and I and then and then even doing shows and then I felt so satisfied I was like oh it doesn't need to be me on there that's still me. That's still my work. 
And I don't care that there's only a hundred people here and not a hundred thousand. Like it's, I truly found out why I'm doing it. And it's to, it, I do, there's absolute joy in learning the craft when I'm by myself sitting on my piano or singing by myself. I absolutely enjoy that. And as long as it can reach one person, even if it's my cats here at my house or my fiance <laughs> or a little bar that I play, as long as you're doing it, um, I really learn to love it for what it is. Do I still want the other stuff? Sure. Who doesn't want the work that they put in to reach more people? But I'm like, there's just such a more nuanced relationship with it. Like, I don't need it to be. It already gives me what I need. It reciprocates what I give it. So that's how I've changed. That's awesome. This is my third question. And it is, do you have an Achilles heel on your instrument? If so, what is it? I mean, everyone does. I mean, everyone yeah. does. It's, it's impossible not to. Oh, yeah. Which yes. one do I want to say? <laughs> I can't play drums. <laughs> My Achilles heel as a drummer is drums. <laughs> oh, I'll uh, say mine. Mine's, but, mine's, yeah, oh, sorry. Siren, you, siren, yeah, mine's you easy. Had, I, it's, it's also the yeah. thing I was working on. It's head voice. Because I came from a rock background, I get super nervous when I have to sing soft um, I just want to belt it. Like, oh, do you want me to belt? Do you mean you want me to scream that part? It's like, no, no, no. You have to go huh, and have a lot of control and have a lot of breathiness. Head voice is harder, y'all. It doesn't sound harder, but it's way fucking harder. I promise you that. So that's my Achilles heel. All right. Right now, for me personally, it's actually probably my posture. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I've definitely, like, as I've, you know, 30s. When you start feeling things. Yeah, I know. You're so old. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I feel things and they hurt now. And it's getting worse. But it's yeah, is uh, I know. Four years. <laughs> yeah, I do get um, a small knot in the actually by my shoulder blade, which I think is actually turning into a little bit of wrist trouble that I've been like trying to really, 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 really be conscious of. Um, but yeah. It's just like making sure now, like making sure I'm stretching, making sure I'm doing all that before I'm playing and not just picking up a bass and just playing it for like four hours. Ah, yes. My Achilles heel. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. My Achilles heel on the drums, probably maintaining speed with just my hands or just my feet. I, uh, I've developed a way of playing where my hands and feet work together to play very fast fills, but I'm not so great at being very fast with just my hands or just my feet. Thankfully, my muscle coordination works well enough that it sounds fast when I do, when I, when I use everything together. You do sound fast. Well, thank you. Thank you. And that's, that's my Achilles heel. So that's, that's that question. All right. Are we speed rounding? Those are great. Oh, I I have a quick one that that I think builds a little bit on one of Sirens is, uh, what would you tell your younger self about the music industry? Like, if you could just like be like, hey, younger self, Mm. this. I would say you're going to be tempted so many times to 
do what other people think you should do. But the most liberating thing and the best thing you could ever do is to find your own voice. So work on nothing else but that and then trust that the rest will follow, including the satisfaction, not the money, not the, but the thing that counts will follow. Just find your voice and your style. What would I tell my younger self? I would tell my younger self, learn scales, learn, like learn the things that I never really bothered learning because it will definitely help you in the future. Like learn syncopation, learn how to play the double kick pedal, learn how to do all that stuff. Don't be complacent with where you are because being complacent is the most dangerous thing you can do as a musician. Nice. Uh, For me, the advice I would probably give myself is just that the, that the song is it. It begins and ends at the song. It doesn't matter how cool, how many weird things you could do. If the, your song sucks, you suck. Mm. I agree. Cause um, like I've seen amazing guitar players play some really bad music and I don't listen to them because they play bad music. And I play, <laughs> I've heard a lot of great guitar players play some really good music. And I'm like, that, that's good. I will listen to that. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> sorry. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I guess we, we did a good lightning round. Siren, you have four minutes before your, your lesson. So, uh, we can, we can wrap up now. Or if you guys are so inclined, we can do a part two and do the second half of the questions another time. I would enjoy yeah, doing I'd this again. To. This is just fun. Yes. Yeah, I would love to. This was great. Cool. I learned All a right. lot. I learned so much. <laughs> nice. Siren, would you would you Same. like to plug your would you like to plug yourself or uh, tell people where they can find you? Um. Yes. All of my most well, at least one song from each of my bands that I've been is at Sirens Elements, either on YouTube or SoundCloud. So Sirens Element with a Y. S-Y-R. It's all old stuff, and and uh, and if you want my musical stuff, it's on theateronthecusp.com. Cool. Will? So. Uh, yeah, check out my band, Valence. It's uh, just www.valence.band. It's only three W's. I don't know how many I just said. <laughs> There's a certain amount of W's. No, like, We're prog metal. There's a lot of W's. Just squiggle a line. It'll be great. Um, and yeah, most of my social media is basis at large. And if I have time to update it, basis at large.com. Ah, and me, you can find me on Facebook, John Seymour, J O N space S E Y M O U R. I just changed my profile picture for this purpose because I always hated describing the last one. I am playing a guitar, wearing an Iron Maiden shirt, making a crazy face. That is the Uh, best guitar face you've anyone's ever made it's anyone if even if you don't want a friend request john seymour just go to look at his current profile picture and you will be satisfied and you will probably friend request him anyway and don't miss mad tea party playing at casa del sol and nyack november 25th the day after thanksgiving that uh performance will start at 8 p.m and it is not to be missed unless you do, in fact, miss it. And I guess that's it for tonight. 
Well, it was great talking with y'all. Yes, Siren, thank you so much. It was super fun. All right. Thank you, John, for setting this up. Bill, nice to talk to you again, and nice to meet you, Nick. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye.